Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Colin, got a big game this Saturday. Yes, we do. The Georgia Bulldogs. Can't wait. What do you know about these Bulldogs coming into... uh Saturday's matchup? Not a whole lot. I know we've got two quarterbacks, one of which is a talented young freshman, which Missouri fans can relate to. And then they've got their Lambert, their old reliable, who I think they would like to sit on the bench permanently. But other than that, you know, watching them play Nickel State uh, and their offensive line looks shoddy. So I don't know. I mean, not much, really. I think you left a huge X factor off of that, and that's uh, well, a There's a guy named Nick Chubb that does play football for them. I guess he's worth mentioning, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, yeah. A little worried about this game. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a, it's a toughie. Our first real SEC toughie. I'm not really worried about it because I don't expect us to win. I haven't expected us to win. So yeah. losing doesn't really you know, isn't got me petrified. But I would like them to make a good showing. If, not just for the you know to save face, but just to give the guys confidence that, hey, this league is not too much for us yeah, in I, this, cost, this, this current season. I'd like to know if that huge offensive outpouring we saw against Eastern Michigan was or was not a fluke. Like we know Eastern Michigan was no good at playing the football, but no, they uh, were not. But maybe some of that could be reproduced against better Honestly, teams. What I'm looking for is the defense to play better. I I heard some, you know, the dis- dis- disturbing things coming from DeMonte Cross and uh, I listened to Joe Wall Jasper on the uh, Kansas City Radio station. He was interviewed Basically, you know, if they've changed the defensive mindset and how they play, and they don't really set the dogs loose in the pass rush, and I had tweeted out, I was like, Demonte Cross sounds like everybody's favorite type of boss, the guy who fixes things that aren't broken. And I uh, then listening after listening to Joe Waljasper, made it sound like maybe this is a little bit like Odom would kind of wanted to make this sort of change, maybe even initially when he had come in, but it was just there wasn't enough time, and and Steckel had the train on the track, so he just kind of let it roll. But now that it's his team, he's got Demonte in there. They've decided to kind of change the the face of the defense, and I don't understand the need to do that. Yeah, it, who cares as long as it works? But to this point, it hasn't worked. Exactly. And, well, that's exactly right. And there's a lot of, I mean, the the excuse makers are saying, well, they haven't adjusted yet to the new to the new uh, scheme. But you know, they had. Why is the need to adjust? Yeah. Well, the one thing is they've had months and months to adjust and two it's like uh how long can you keep that excuse going you know when you get halfway through the season and we're just getting shredded on the ground it's time well, to I mean, time to come up with a new excuse you know kentel brothers is gone obviously you know kenya dennis is gone walter brady is gone but patley beckner jr harris marcel frazier uh josh augusta these are all the same players and mm-hmm. uh, they're getting no push up front and at some point, I wonder, you know, people have touted that Odom might be, unlike Pinkle, a coach a little more willing to change and uh, to, to what the situation suits, you know, the game situation or whatever. I've said that poorly. but You did. <laughs> that sounds like you might have had a little mini stroke there. Regardless, how long do we play like shit on the defensive line before we kind of, you know, go back to what we do best? 
which is tackling quarterbacks and making them shit That's themselves. Right. That's right. So today, what we're going to be doing, Colin, is talking to some people like we do each week who know a lot more about football than we do, which is obviously never difficult to find. Uh, we got a guy named Mark Weiser from the Athens Banner Herald, who is the beat reporter for the Georgia Bulldogs down there in Athens. He's going to tell us his thoughts on what this Georgia team looks like and what his expectations are against Missouri. Well, they certainly know more about it than I did. Yeah, well, that's. I think that's becoming more and more clear. Uh, we also got Byron Chamberlain, the uh, Denver Broncos former tight end who played here Missouri at Missouri. Tight Missouri tight end as well. So don't mention the Denver Broncos connection. He's a Mizzou tight end and a really damn good one. Played in the NFL. That's as far as we need to take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going to bring his uh, two Super Bowl rings to the show and uh, talk with us about the Tigers. And then uh, we have an old old friend coming back to the show, Corey Fatoni. Perfect. Yeah. I we, wondered. I felt like you know we're getting so many interviews with you know Drew Locke and Barry Odom, and we even interviewed uh, Josh Augusta and Tucker McCann, and I feel like maybe Corey's gone by the wayside a little bit. I'm glad to hear he's back. Oh yeah. No, we we couldn't uh, have too many shows without talking to Corey. His perspective is so unique that it's uh, invaluable. It's invaluable indeed. I guess before we cut over to those interviews, we should talk a little bit about you weren't uh, you weren't with us last weekend. Yeah. No, no, I was not. Brian and I talked about our our new beer drive. Yes, yes, Sinberry Odom Stag. That's right. I can't imagine there's a better way to welcome him as the head coach of the Missouri Tigers than to send him his favorite drink. And there's no better way to ensure a Tiger victory at homecoming than making sure he's stocked up on Stag beer. Oh, I think so. I mean, I think you just think about it; it puts his mind at ease. That's he doesn't have to go by the grocery store on the way home. Right. You know, his his refrigerator's full. It's mm-hmm. one less thing he can concentrate on football. That's right. So uh, I'm going to implore all our listeners out there to uh, think about October 21st. That's the Friday before homecoming. Make sure you have a case, a 12-pack, a 6-er, a 40-ouncer, whatever you can afford, of stag beer, and take it over to the Matsy, the Missouri Athletic Training Complex, and deliver it to Coach Odom. When it's- hey, and if you really want to drop some coin, ship it. Yeah, yeah. Do, do whatever it takes to get it there by <laughs> October 21st. But uh, if, if they ask what it's for, say... Coach Odom is not a wine and cheese guy. That's right. So he's a stag man. He's a stag man. So anyway, with that, I think we'll head over to uh, listen to what Mark Weiser has to say about the Georgia Bulldogs and uh, take it from there. Super duper. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazodcast. Joining us now from the Athens Banner Herald, Mark Weiser, uh, the Georgia Beat reporter, here to tell us a little bit about the Bulldogs coming into Faroe Field this Saturday and what we might expect after that uh, interesting Nickel State game. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Good to be with you. Interesting is a pretty uh, good way to describe it. <laughs> well, it, it you know a lot of Tiger fans coming off what we really do consider to be a rebuilding year, or the second rebuilding year, I guess you might say, we didn't have a lot of optimism about this game at the beginning of the season, and after the Nickel State game, I think some of the more optimistic Mizzou fans maybe do feel a little bit better, but 
tell us what your thoughts are on the state of Georgia football right now. And was that a an aberration, or do you think that there are genuine deep problems with the Bulldogs at the line and with the quarterback situation? Uh, I can't give you a cop out answer. I mean, I think it's a little bit too early to to really make a generalization. I mean, week one, everyone was pretty optimistic about the direction things were headed. I mean, you beat a top twenty five North Carolina team. Uh, in the Georgia Dome, and, and Nick Chubb came back, rushed for 222 yards, and Nichols was a game on the schedule that nobody really thought much about. Uh, there wasn't too much enthusiasm about it, but uh, nobody thought it was possible for them to be leading uh, at one point uh, by a point and to be uh, you know, threatening to possibly uh, get the ball back and, and win the game at the end there before Georgia knocked out a couple first downs. So. I mean, I think there's concern about the offensive line for Georgia that you couldn't handle um, an FCS lower-tier program and just, you know, control the line of scrimmage. Now they did bring in a couple of junior college transfers that, you know, maybe are better than that level. I don't know, but I guess it's got people to a certain level concerned given it was Nichols. Well, we we saw both quarterbacks last week for Georgia. We've got a a very talented young freshman and uh, an experienced veteran on the squad. Barry Odom's staff is going to prepare for both quarterbacks. Do you have any expectation on who might start this week? You know, at this point, I can't tell you for sure. I mean, yesterday we saw Jacob Beeson get the uh, first snap uh, kind of running. You know, he was ahead of Lambert in the significant, more significant of the two periods that we were out there that when they were actually thrown to the receivers. Now, Lambert did get the first snap just doing some run polish with the running backs. But Eason played three and a half quarters, and Lambert came in basically to help him uh, you know, seal the game and, and make the right decisions uh, down, the, down the stretch on what they call the four-minute offense. So, you know, I, I think going forward, Jacob Eason's still considered Georgia's better prospect as a starting quarterback. Kirby Smart said this week that he wasn't necessarily concerned that it's the first true road game that he's played in the Georgia Dome, you know, where there are obviously, I don't know, 20% North Carolina fans there, maybe. So, I mean, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd say Eason, but it's not going to surprise me if it's Lambert either. You mentioned Kirby Smart. Both Missouri and Georgia have first-year head coaches, and it's their first game in SEC play for 2016. Tell me a little bit about what Kirby Smart has done differently than a Mark Rick team going into, I know it's early in the season, but what's the, the schematically or just uh, attitude-wise, what's the difference with this Kirby Smart-led Georgia team? Well, I mean, you have a 40-year-old uh, head coach now as opposed to somebody that, that's 56 this season, coach at Miami, Mark Rick. So, you know, maybe uh, Kirby's got a little bit more energy, a little more fire, and he's certainly a lot more hands-on. I mean, Mark Rick was a, a kind of a CEO-type coach, uh, you know, for the last five or six years. Uh, Kirby is uh, very hands-on with the defense in practice. You know, you'd almost think he's the actual defensive coordinator, although Mel Tucker, the secondary coach that came from Alabama, uh, you know, has that title and is calling the plays from what Kirby says. But, you know, Kirby was uh, eight years coordinator with Nick Saban, and so he's he's going to be involved heavily with, uh, with, with the defense. And now the program's league just amped up the amount of Alabama influence on it. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt was a defense coordinator here the last two years, came from the Alabama program after a one-year stop at Florida State where he won the national title. So there was already a, a pretty big flavor of that. I mean, Kirby Smart expanded the support staff, and he structured his game weeks just like Alabama did. So uh, he's trying to 
to a certain extent, uh, do a carbon copy of what's what's going on at, at Alabama, where he's had success winning championships. Uh, you know, not the exact same personality as Saban. I mean, I think he's got a little bit of a lighter side, but he's pretty uh, serious about winning football uh, as well. Are there any particular matchups for Georgia about the Missouri game that are concerning, not just in general to the team, but just the, how the two teams match up? Missouri's offense has been a little bit more prolific than last year in just the first two games, and then the defense has struggled a little bit more. But is there anything that Georgia is focusing on based on what Missouri is going to bring? Well, I think when you see the way Missouri's thrown the ball the last two games, um, particularly last week against Eastern Michigan, um, you know, that's got to get your attention. Uh, Georgia's got a, a good secondary. It's the strength of their team, so they might be able to match up uh, and handle that. Obviously, they're going to be better equipped than what you saw you know, from last week on that defense, but you know, I think there's going to be some challenges uh, getting a pass rush. Georgia has uh, three sacks this year, but none of their outside linebackers have gotten to the quarterback yet. And I know uh, Missouri's got given up one sack in two games, so it looks like, you know, Locke's got a quick, quick release, and, and maybe it's uh, the scheme with the uh, quick snaps and, and just the pace uh, that might challenge Georgia. But Nick Chubb uh, is kind of the bread and butter of the offense in terms of flipping it on the matchup on the other side. I mean, Georgia should be able to run the ball against anybody with a guy like Nick Chubb. So the question they have is, is, is this offensive line uh, from last week that was just disappointing, can they have a fire lit under them this week by coaches, and can they show more intensity and, and uh, just more want to to go out there and, and create the holes that they need? Last question for you. What are your predictions for Saturday? Uh, what are your expectations about uh, how things are going to end up? Uh, I mean, obviously Georgia's favored, but uh, do you think it'll be close or do you think it'll be uh, sort of an easy one? Yeah, I mean, I think last year's game was a field goal, and, and it could be in, you know, in that three to five point range um, again. I mean, Georgia beat North Carolina by, you know, whatever it was, 11 or 12 points in the Georgia Dome, but they also were trailing in the third quarter, so they haven't yet shown that they're the type of team that's going to, you know, do a 34 nothing deal like Georgia did in Missouri two years ago. I mean, um, I don't think it's going to be 9-6 to six like it was in Athens last year. I think it's going to be more like 31-27. I think both these teams are going to probably put up some points. Uh, you might see some explosive plays in the punt return game. Uh, both Isaiah McKenzie and Johnson on, on Missouri showed that they can uh, return the ball and, and create something. So I think that's the kind of game you'll see. All right. Thanks for joining us. This has been Mark Weiser from the Athens Banner Herald. I appreciate you giving us a little insight into the Georgia football program. Sure. Good to be with you. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin. But I'll take your bet, and you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. On the line with us now, Missouri sophomore punter, Corey Fatoni. Thanks again for joining us, Corey. Hey, old fellas, thanks for having me. Though I want to start off by saying, you motherfuckers, you no good motherfuckers. You call my boy, my boy McCann, you, you call the little pipsqueak freshman kicker what is Corey no good for you huh he's chopped living now is that the point wait a minute Corey, yeah sure we talked to tucker mccann but uh he's in our new 
place kicker, freshman place kicker. We, we'd like that to talk. That level potato eating douchebag does not do your show without my permission. He knows this. Well, I am his upperclassman on the special teams. He carries my pads and whatnot. Sure. So next time, go through me. <laughs> respect. You know, it's all about respect. All right, Corey. All right. Well, let's talk about you for a little bit. Let's do that. Okay. You're one and one on the young season, and one thing yes, that. One thing that's been consistent is uh, is your leg. You've been punting very well that your sophomore campaign. Hey, all three legs that Corey's got are nothing if not consistent. <laughs> I am uh, I am an absolute specimen of punting and love making, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you don't always have to bring in your love life when we talk. Uh, we're mostly interested in football. On Listen, there's two sh- things that Corey Fatoni does absolutely fantastic, and that's kick footballs and bed ladies. Is that right? Absolutely. I plow more beaver than a reckless riverboat captain. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of beaver to plow. Um, you betcha. So we're going up against Georgia this weekend. Yeah, and, the old Bulldogs. And you were a key factor in that game last year. It was a very low-scoring matchup, 9-6. to six. And so, Yeah, the, uh, everybody's hoping I don't see the field, mm-hmm. you know, which is a bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. Do you take it as an insult? No, not at all. I mean... Listen, uh, you know, I, I've, I'm still lobbying uh, the new uh, offensive coach, Heupel, you know, he's to give me a, a shot at running back. Mm-hmm. Well, he's done that for but Josh Augusta. Well, he absolutely needed it for me last year against Vanderbilt. I feel like I got moves, you know. Oh, I got, yeah. Uh, I, I proved myself, I feel like, a little bit. But uh, he's a new coach, so he might take a little convincing. But, you know, I don't see this Crockett kid, uh, Ross, any of these guys doing anything to Corey can't do, you know. Yeah, well... I don't know, Corey. We'd like you to focus on your kicking. You know, that's a, such a strong part of your uh, game. You know, it's, it's you know, my kicking's good. You know, like I do that in my sleep. Mm-hmm. It's the running back part that uh, that I'm interested in. Well, what do you think about Georgia? What do you think about uh, Nick Chubb and uh, and the rest of that gang? Ah, forget about it. Those guys, you know, they'll be ah, Nick Chubb. I mean, come on. I think uh, I think uh, any guy with a name like Chubb, you know, I'm skeptical. Sounds like you've been talking to Coach Odom. He had some things to say about Chubb's last name. Yeah, exactly. Coach Odom, a lot of speeches about, uh, you know, if we get beat by a guy named after a cock, he'd be pretty upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't I can't disagree with that. You know, it's just good football Coach logic. Coach a strange guy. You know, I've, uh, I've got to know him now, you know, over the course of this very young season. And uh, he's a different fellow, that one. Tell us about it. Well, just like the other day, he calls me into his office. He's not there, you know. I mean, go to his office, his little gal there lets me in, you know. I'm not going to lie to you. She could be better looking, but all right. So I go inside. I sit in a chair, you know, and I'm waiting for him to come in. And there's crude drawings on the wall of, like, blueprints. And all it says is tornado killing gun. I'm, I'm baffled, you know. He comes in and he, you know, curses nonstop and uh, just crushes beer the entire time. There's, I am not familiar with it. There's a big deer on the front of it. And he's just pounding them. You know, the guys are nuts. Is it, was it a stag beer by any chance? I didn't read the can. There's just a big deer on the front of it. But I, you know, the deer was plain as day. He just, you know, I bet, you know, we probably met for maybe a total of seven minutes. He probably drank four beers, crushing each can on his forehead. I mean, the guys are, the guys are nuts. But you gotta love him. Boy, can he coach football? You know? Yeah, we hope so. We hope so. I guess we're gonna find out here on Saturday. Let's let's talk about the Georgia game in particular. That's what we, we have. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's a football game on Saturday. What do you want to know? You well, know? Uh, that's kind of why we call, we called you up, Corey, to talk about that Georgia game. A little worried about it. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, you know, the fans may be a little hesitant about this team this year. Uh, we heard Wednesday that there were fifteen thousand seats still for sale for Saturday's game. Eh, don't worry about it. I think everybody will show up. You know, it's a it's a busy time of year. You know, 
it's, I don't know. We, we'll be fine. You know, you've you got to put a couple wins under your belt to give people some confidence. And But, uh, you know, not everybody's got Corey's confidence or charisma. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm. people need to look convincing. <laughs> what do you think about your old boy, uh, Drew Locke? He had a big game last weekend. Oh, Drew, he's doing – he's gangbusters, baby. You know, that's, I'm telling you what, they're going to – the girls are shooting pussy at him out of a potato gun on campus. <laughs> and old Corey, he's swimming in the wake, baby. Yeah. Well, that doesn't even seem physiologically possible, but I, I take your meaning. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Corey, I guess I'm going to let you get back to uh, to practice or whatever it is you're doing this time of year. I know it's uh, it's going to take all your focus to get out a win. Absolutely, boys. I always enjoy the call. All right. Thanks for joining us, Corey. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. Joining me now, two-time Super Bowl champion Byron Chamberlain to tell us a little bit about his thoughts on what Missouri might bring to this Georgia game, the first SEC game of the season in 2016. Thanks for joining us, Byron. Hey, thanks for having me again. I wanted to ask you, we, we've seen kind of a reversal of roles for the Tigers in this 2016 season. We we had the big questionable offense last year, and we had the strong defense. This year, the questions seem to be on that defensive side of the ball. Meanwhile, the offense is rolling a little better under new offensive coordinator Josh Heupel. What are your thoughts about uh, how this team will stack up against the Bulldogs on both sides of the ball on Saturday? Well, it's funny you mentioned that defense, and this is going to be, to me, the biggest test all year for that Missouri defense and uh, this is going to be to me this is 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 the statement game this is where we're really going to find out what our Missouri Tigers are going to be about this year for the 2016 season Uh, they're going to face arguably one of the best running backs in the SEC and arguably one of the best running backs in the country this weekend and and you as you can see from from his numbers the first game of the year coming out coming back from knee injury Nick Chubb rushing for uh, 222 yards in the season opener versus uh, North Carolina, and then another 80 yards uh, against Nickel State. But you see the, the the number amount of carries that he had. He had 32 carries uh, against North Carolina. He had 20 carries against Nickel State. So they're going to be. He's going to be a guy that they're going to give the ball to a lot, and uh, he's going to test that Missouri defense and. and we're going to see if they can hold up. And that, to me, that's going to be the biggest challenge of this game. I think you're exactly right. And the defense has a different look to it this year. They've talked about a lot about this week about how they have more of a read and react defense and less focus on pass rush and trying to stop that run up the middle. I think you're right that this will be the week to determine whether that is an effective method for the Tigers, whether they have adjusted to that new scheme on the offensive side of the ball. My fear is that maybe the high potent performance we saw from Drew Locke and the Tigers last week might be a bit of an aberration because the lack of talent in the secondary for Eastern Michigan and when we get into the really good secondary of that Georgia Bulldog team we might see it come back to earth a little bit do you think that this is an offense that can compete against Georgia throwing the ball or, or what are your thoughts about how you take on well one of the things that you get when you play a, a team like Eastern Michigan last 
last week. I mean, and, uh, you know, the Tigers, for me, they did exactly what you're supposed to do against a team like that. You're supposed to dominate them. You're supposed to have great numbers in your running game and in your passing game. And Drew Locke definitely uh, put up some great numbers against them. And, and, and But the thing that that breeds, it breeds confidence. No, do I do I look for him to have that same type of game against this Georgia and, and the athletes they have in their, their secondary? No, I don't. But it's a, it's a confidence builder. So I do believe that, that you know, Drew Locke is, is playing some really good football right now. And, uh, you know, the thing for me is the receivers for, for the Tigers. Um, these guys have to come up, step up, and uh, and be a little more consistent. Uh, Jamon Moore, who's a great athlete, you know, but he, he's very inconsistent at times. We've seen the, the, the two freshmen, John, Jonathan Johnson, uh, step up and, and show that he has the ability to make big plays from the slot position, and, and that's only going to help help the Tigers' passing game as we go on. Uh, guys like Ray Wingo and, and Chris Black, uh, looking for them to step up a little bit more to, to help Drew Locke out. If they can do that, we, we can. I think the Tigers pose a, a threat to, to that Georgia defense. You know, one thing I think in this offense that we haven't seen a lot of yet, Sean Culkin was, was hurt last week and set out, but uh, Jason Reese had a good game, and as a former Mizzou tight end yourself, I think if Missouri were to finally incorporate the tight end play into their passing game a little bit more, it would just open things up to a whole new level for Drew Locke. Do you expect to see more of that this season, or is that really part of Josh Heupel's uh, strategy? Well, as a, as a tight end, I, I hope they do. And you think if you look at the tradition of Missouri football, we've we've been blessed with uh, traditionally uh, excellent tight ends. You had, you know, even before myself, you had guys like Kellen Winslow, and and uh, and in recent history, Chase uh, Kaufman and Michael Agnew, and and, and and guys of that sort. So uh, uh, Rucker, don't want to leave out my man T. Rucker. Uh, and so we've always had traditionally uh, it's been a strong uh, position for the Tigers throughout our history and hopefully uh, you know Sean Cook and I love I love the kid he, I love his size uh, and he's a kid that can make plays in the passing game hopefully he does get many more opportunities to do that it's an easy throw for a quarterback you know most of the time you're within the the five to ten yard range in the middle of that field uh, you know, like I said, it's a safe throw. It's a confidence builder, and it's something that keeps your offense on schedule and keeps your offense on track. So, hopefully, they will incorporate Sean Coken uh, a little more in, into the offense. Yeah, we had a we had a nice tight end touchdown uh, last week when Reese caught caught a really nice bullet pass by Drew Locke. Maybe uh, maybe we will see more of that. One thing I was going to ask you about is that Barry Odom has really incorporated this state pride show me mantra into uh, the Tigers this year and the fans are kind of living up to it right now because uh, they're they're saying show me something to prove that you're worth watching I guess because of as of yesterday I guess there were reportedly 15,000 tickets still up for sale for what should be a really big SEC matchup against Georgia Missouri fans can be fickle but do you share sort of that uh, wait-and-see approach to this team, or do you think that they can, can can get to a bowl this year, or do you think we're still sort of at the same level we were last year when we struggled so badly? Well, you know, the thing of, the thing about it is, 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 you know, the change, you know, the changeover. Uh, you, you know, you say Missouri fans can be fickle. Well, Missouri fans have been uh, spoiled <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in recent years with, with uh, Gary Pinkle and the success that the, that the – our team has had, you know, I was looking today and, and seeing the number of guys 
who uh, came through the Missouri program through Gary Pinkle and are now playing on Sunday in the NFL. So we've been a bit spoiled with talent. We've been a bit spoiled with um, with success uh, there. So I, I think a lot of people are taking that step back and saying, hey, I don't know, let's let's see what we have here before we really jump on board. Let 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 Coach Odom, you know, show me what, what we have, what we're about. Uh, but the one thing I do love, as you mentioned, Barry Odom incorporating that, that uh, state pride within uh, – the, the Missouri programs, you know, I, I look at the, the coaching staff and how he's gone back uh, and gotten former players, uh, Damani Cross, uh, A.J. Ofadale, uh Will Franklin, guys who are former Tigers and know what it's like to be on that, that Faroe field and, and have love for Mizzou. And these guys, I know these guys, these guys have black and gold running through their veins. And I love how he's brought them back and incorporated them into the coaching staff and into the program. So I do believe our fans are, are kind of seeing show me. And I believe this is the game, though, that we, we're we going to see what Missouri football for 2016 is all about. It's a big, like you said, SEC matchup. Georgia is one of the teams that, that you're going to have to compete with if you if you want to try to win the SEC East. So uh, we'll see what happens this, this Saturday at uh, 6.30. Before I let you go, uh, give me a prediction. What are your thoughts about how the Tigers are going to fare when they uh, all is said and done? You know, when I look at the history of this Missouri-Georgia and this, this short history in the SEC East, uh, the road team is, you know, pretty much fared pretty well uh, in this in this little short rivalry, all except for, for last year. You know, you saw uh, the Georgia Bulldogs pull out a 9-6 a to six tough victory. I, I think it, it's going to be another tough game like that. I think points are going to be at a premium, and, you know, I, I do believe Missouri is gaining a lot of confidence with this new offense, with this new fast-paced offense. I think the defense will, will step up to the challenge. And uh, I see it being a, like a 17-14 game. And, and, you know, I'm always picking my Tigers. So. Excellent. I'm going to say Tigers 17, Bulldogs 14. It's going it's to be another another tough matchup, another, you know, slugfest like it was last year. Byron Chamberlain, thanks for joining us and uh, sharing your thoughts on uh, Mizzou football coming up on their game against Georgia on Saturday. Hey, thanks for having me. And go Tigers. Like a hand job with Icy Hot, the Mazat Cast. Well, there you have it, Colin. It sounds like we got our work cut out for us this weekend. Yes, it does. Although I'll say Corey uh, is as confident as ever. Yes, as always, Corey seems to be, be overflowing with confidence. Uh huh. Yeah, he, he, he always gives us way more information than we ask. Yes, absolutely. He's an open book, more open than anyone wants. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, everybody is, has, I think the Georgia folks have cautious optimism based on the fact that they've kind of owned the Tigers three out of the last four years. We've been in the SEC, but uh, there's enough holes on that team where I think if things fall the Tigers way, there's no reason we couldn't win this game. It's not a, it's not with the outside the scope reason. If, if Mizzou plays a great game, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not just a good game, uh, at least once or twice a season, a team kind of plays up, really has a big game. If the Tigers have that game this week, they can beat they can beat the Bulldogs. And if Georgia plays like they will against Nichols State again, I think. But uh, I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah, that's the bad news is is that when the, you know, they almost get beat by a crappy team like that, it's a wake up call. You right. saw what Tennessee did to Virginia Tech after their close call against kind of Appalachian shook State. Them, shook them awake and. Uh, 
hopefully Georgia doesn't wake up that way uh, right. against the Missouri Tigers. Well, I hope their offensive line struggles are real because we know better than anybody when you have a shitty offensive line exactly how much that tears up your football team. Yes, we do. Before we sign off for the week and head, get ready for Saturday, Colin, is there anything you want to uh, get out there to the world? Well, I just want to apologize to all the fans out there who didn't get to hear me on the weekend podcast. I know I'm everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It probably was barely listenable to without me there, but uh, I'll be back back this weekend so everybody can rest easy. Yeah, it, it really broke a lot of people's hearts, I can fucking tell you that. Well, it broke my heart to have to hear Brian Goers carry that much water in his bucket. Oh, yeah. No, no there's no question. I think the, the, the listeners want to hear less Brian Goers, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We love Brian. On that point, we can agree. So I I do want to say thank you to a lot of listeners who've gone on to iTunes and given us reviews because we've been begging for those and they're starting to flow in. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. But I also want to say fuck you to all the loyal listeners who haven't gotten off of their fat asses and done it yet. Yeah. We we see how many downloads we get and uh, we've got uh, not enough reviews for the downloads we are getting. (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) Get off your lazy asses. I think that's the best way to uh, endear yourself to your listenership is to curse yeah, them out and tell them. the audience. <laughs> On a more pleasant note, I guess, we've been sending out boatloads of Mazodcast stickers and continuing yep. to do so. So feel free to tweet at us and tell us your address or email us at mazodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you'd like to have a Mazodcast sticker because they're flying around all over Columbia, all over the country, really. Yep. We had our first international sticker giveaway, by the way. Nice. We had an Australian gentleman request stickers, so I think the uh, postage alone was wor- at least quadruple the value of the stickers they were receiving. No, Brendan, don't be like that. Once he puts them in his car, the car's value increases threefold. Well, that's why you're an economics genius. Yep. <laughs> All right. I guess that about wraps it up, so why don't we sign off this motherfucker and start preparing to tailgate on Saturday? All right. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Plow more beaver than a reckless riverboat captain. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. 
are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.